I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm Kevin Miller, your host and guide to help you master your inner drive so you can live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life. This podcast is here to help you drive further and enjoy the ride. In this episode, we continue our talk on perfectionism and how we're letting it diminish our success and our joy. So we kicked off the series with Thomas Curran, who is a professor in the Department of Psychological and Behavioral Science at the London School of Economics, where he studies the personality characteristics of perfectionism, how it develops and how it impacts our mental health. You can check out his TED Talk. It's uh, type in dangerous obsession with perfectionism. It's gotten more than 3 million views. Thomas's new book is The Perfection Trap, Embracing the Power of Good Enough. Well, here in this episode, I'm joined by my brother, Jared Angaza. And for my part, I'll say that we've both spent some of our lives, at least with uh, maybe an unhealthy pursuit of perfectionism. However, I won't speak for you, brother. You listened to the conversation with Thomas. So uh, give me some leading thoughts on your experience with perfectionism. Well, I'll second your first thing there that, yeah, it's been a thing in our life for sure in that. Well, good. I just wanted you to accept it because now I'm going to retract it. I've never had a problem, never been an issue. Great. You got me. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's been a big thing for, for all of us. I think especially us boys in this family, dad and you and I, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and me being a bit OCD, I have, I think I might have a healthier dose of it too, or unhealthier dose of perfectionism and just being sort of, I say OCD sort of light handedly there, but yeah. I care about the details a lot. That's how I'd frame it. And in creating brands, you know, brand identity for someone and creating websites like I did more in the past and whatever, all of that was just like, wow, it's not done until it's perfect, you know, and I would labor away until it was done. I also found that a lot of times while that was happening, my peers were just, they, they were like light years ahead because I was back in the lab tinkering, making it perfect. Huh. That's no fun, man. That's not a good feeling. That only has to happen a few times before you realize like, Hey man, that's not a good yeah. plan. Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Thomas got me to thinking about that because you do have the, 
gosh, I feel like, can we put this on our dad? You know, if you're going to do it, do it right. I mean, you probably heard that. I mean, that makes sense. You know, as a kid. No, and I believe that still. Yeah. Well, and, and then even but having doing that, it right doesn't mean perfect. That's the thing. That's fair. Okay. I, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. That's good. Let's say you have a thing. Let's say you're the cabinet maker. That's what you do. And you make cabinets and you make them perfect. I don't look at that as perfectionism overall. Thomas got me really to looking at, I guess maybe what my motive is, what my drive is behind it. So why are you doing this? And, and as I heard him and, you know, as I've been seeking this issue out with myself, realizing a lot of it I'm doing too. Well, I appreciate, I mentioned this to you the other day, we were on a run in Florida together. Um, which, yeah, we were recently in Florida together, visiting family, and you're sitting in the 48 days studio from our father, Dan Miller, right now. And uh, we were on a run there, and I was, we were talking about this and what he said about, am I doing it? Am I doing what I'm doing to, you know, to do it well, to improve, like you talked about, to pursue excellence? Whatever. Am I doing it to, to improve or am I doing it to prove? Uh, well, crap, that stepped on my toes there. Sorry. Well, um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know that's, that's the, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a big delineation. That's important. You know, am I doing this to improve? Am I doing this to prove it to someone else? Am I doing it to prove it to myself? I mean, I think all of us in the family have had a pretty strong kind of, that's what I'd refer to as like an inner drill sergeant, maybe motivational speaker is better or something, but I, I think they, uh, we have that little voice in the head that push farther, push harder, go all the way, go further than the next guy, you know, and, and, you know, and don't lose or whatever, or don't be inferior in any way. It's like all these little things, they can take on a life kind of goes beyond what's healthy. I think there's a healthy part there that says, do your best, you know, always do your best. That's a, that's something certainly a principle in our family. Yeah. Um, it's us humans that have equated your best to perfect. And that's where the flaw starts to, I think that's the kind of the, the centerpiece of it all. Well, you said something, I know you're about to say something. I, well, you, cause you said something and I forgot it, but it was something to the aspect of, of kind of being better maybe than someone else. And that's where I wonder and about what is the okay. question. If it's well, better than, than what? Yeah. Yeah. And so there, I, I feel like, man, there's been a pride issue and, I don't know if it was specific. Well, kind of in this light where I had a, I think I told you I had a therapist a couple, um, a couple years ago, if that much. And he, he basically said, so what you're saying is you're better than everybody else. Yeah. That you, oh. cause it comes across as area. So yeah. So you're, you've got to, you hold yourself that, oh no, you said a high standard or, or, or something along those lines. I wrote down high standard on one sense you would say, okay, yeah, I have a high standard. Okay. Sure. That sounds fine. You don't want to just have low standards necessarily. Uh, but when it gets to that aspect of, of an arrogance, a pride and ego of, I've got to be better and never, I'm never good enough, even for ourselves, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough and to find, and I've seen, I've, I think I've heard you testify to it. And I know I've done it or had times where and my wife was kind of like, dude, you're, you're kind of manic right now. Like you're just going on like what, what's, and I think I was trying to prove again to somebody or to myself and I'm surely not at peace. And I feel like that's what he, you know, is pulling out. Thomas is pulling out in this is, is when we get so caught up in the, yeah, in the performance and not in health. Yeah. Well, I would say health, but 
Yeah. Go. Well, there's this thing, performance, I think is another thing we were talking about when we were running, you know, to your, your, we talk about, you know, your performance levels or what's your performance, whatever. On one hand, speaking, I think to like, what are you able to do? What are you doing right now? What's your current level of whatever athleticism or, or business savvy or whatever it is that your performance. Then as we also know, there's another use of that term as in that person is performing right. like a play or whatever that, or, or, Oh, that he's just performing for others. Whatever. Like there's a, that kind a, of, like an inauthentic persona kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So are we in that, you know, in our moments of pushing ourselves, are we increasing our performance or are we performing? <laughs> like, I think maybe that's, you know, for someone else or for, whatever it is that I think there's this, you know, I was thinking a minute ago, as you were talking that, you know, this is a, another layer of humanity. That's just more complex than what most people want to deal with. It's like either you're a perfectionist or you're not, or it's good or it's not, or it's right, or it's wrong. You know, you and I've talked a lot about that too. Oh. Um, and I think this is another, one of those areas that just says, look, what this calls for is harmony and balance in your world, it's going to be different for everybody. David Goggins world is going to look different than yours or mine or anybody on the planet for that matter. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so we have different levels of health when it comes to, uh, our performance or, or as I often say, you know, the way we show up in the world, it's like, yeah. how are you showing up for yourself and for others and so on? So I think there's, you know, like a lot of things we talk about, it, it's, it's really, uh, I, I think it's subjective to what is healthy for you. And in, in, in our world of what drives you, we're talking about what aligns with your values. So driving further today or, 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 or <laughs> I'm so programmed to say driving, um, pushing harder today on this run. Is that going towards perfectionism of my perfect time or the, the time that I had yesterday, I'm going to be better than that or, whatever it is that has to be different, yeah. you know, is that also, we have to then say, is that in line with my values? Is that actually helping my whole system yeah. or is it just this one line that I'm looking at that says I had this time yesterday. I want to have a better time today. I mean, as you say that I, I, I am thinking about myself and my propensities and I wrote down a minute ago when you're talking, I don't, I often don't want to be found lacking. For sure. That's in our blood too. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you're talking about ego and pride, which is really, at least as far as I'm thinking about it, is my own insecurities that I don't want to be. You know, it's, it's interesting, Jared. I don't think I shared this with you that the day that uh, 11 weeks ago, September 20th, 2023 is when I was in Taos, New Mexico on this big bike ride with these guys. Oh, right. yeah. And I was not feeling it. I was in a bad headspace. I was in some, literally, and to be candid, I was in some emotional turmoil about some life circumstances and I was not, and I just wasn't feeling it. I was, I just, I knew it and I knew it. And yet my ego, we're mountain biking. Well, I'm a stud, right? I got to be a stud. And so we're just, we're going and I'm not really enjoying it. And then, and then these, I, I stopped, we had taken, we were taking some turns stopping and taking pictures of the guys going by. And I thought, oh, I'll do my turn. So I stopped. So I ended up at the back. And a couple of guys who I'm buddies with had decided to just kind of cruise and enjoy the Aspens and the, it was beautiful. And so I did that with them and it was great. 
It was, oh, this is good. And then we came to this big drop off and we're with this guy. He's national downhill champ for his age group, whatever. And he, you know, I said, I'm not, I don't care. I'm not going to do it. And I went down it, but then a couple guys did it I'm like, well, crap. So I went and I did it and, and did what, and moments later, as I'm trying to follow this guy, I wrecked, which I haven't done. Well, I've never had a wreck like this, seven bones and a partially collapsed lung. And I look back on it now and go, man, if I had been in tune mm. with me, health, you keep mentioning it wouldn't mm. happen. I would have said, Hey guys, man, I'm, I'm not feeling it. And I would have dropped off my, I was with my buddy, Patrick. He does that all the time. We'll be doing something. And he'll go, ah, and I think I'm going to stop and just enjoy it. And I'm, and I'm looking at my watch, but now I got to set a PR. Yeah. Who, who am I doing this for? Sometimes I'm doing it for me, man, again, the, the ego and the not be found lacking. And that's what got me wrapped up. I, mean, I know there's different ways of looking at this, but that's, that's well thoughts. Cause I got another piece for that. Yeah. And I think that speaks to what I was getting into in, in terms of like, does this actually align with your values or is it really just aligning with like your performance record? You're, you're, you know, you're trying to beat. Um, and, and, and then you're trying to get out of that, obviously, whatever that gets you, what do you get <clears throat> anytime, you know, I've plenty of therapists and one of them said, I forget what negative behavior it was that I was doing or whatever, but I just kept doing the same thing. And he said, so what are you, what are you getting out of that? That keeps you coming back to that negative behavior. You're getting some out of it. What is it? Yeah. That's a big one. I, I run that, you know, that formula over lots of things in my life. And, and to ask in that moment with you, you know, like what, what's, what are you getting out of that yep. to, to say, okay, I, I, I beat the record or I did this or I, whatever beat the other guy or whatever and then meanwhile you know your friend patrick's hanging back in the back enjoying the roses and the sunset and all the other stuff and you're like well who wins there and i i don't want to get into win lose discussion either because that's similar well but, but you could say win lose went to your own soul in this who benefits I, most it, yeah and yeah. it's got me thinking of i like your playing with performance. Sometimes we can perform and it's beautiful and, and whatnot. And sometimes we're right. just performing, we're, we're acting. And I love that juxtaposition. I don't know if, I don't know if Thomas talks about that, but what it has, th what that has me thinking about is prior to this recording, I just spent an hour and a half with Arthur Brooks on his book, uh, build yeah. the life you want. That'll come out. I think first of the year, uh, or our show will. And he talks in there a lot about metacognition thinking about what you're thinking about and that here, am I performing because it's beautiful and I want, and I feel good, man. Cause I've been in the flow. I've been in the flow by myself with music playing and, you know, get to the end of my ride and go, Holy smokes. That was the fastest I've ever done that. Yeah. That was a great performance. And then other times when I'm out with the guys and I'm, I was, I was acting and I broke myself. Well, and what you're saying there, maybe I think we're, now, you know how we are. You and I talk a lot about words. Um, that was a good performance or that was life-giving to me. That was a great experience. Yeah. Because of our association with the word or relationship, maybe with the word performance, yeah. that's another one of those areas where I'd say, well, maybe next time what I'll intentionally kind of think or say or both in that instance is, that was a really good experience for me. That really served me well. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, I, I think that's more accurate 
rather than getting into the sticky territory of, of performance. Um, because that could go a lot of different ways. I don't know. I think I, sometimes when I do yeah. that with myself, I just make myself say something different. I, I end up having a different relationship with it altogether. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code KEVIN. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time yahoofinance.com.
I end up having a different relationship with it altogether. I like that. I mean, we could take it even to just our, how's our heart? How's our heart in doing it? Like yeah. checking in. And I've done this with my family a lot. And I think you have too, I'm betting where, you know, if I, am I doing it out of love? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to do that for you. Or am I gritting my teeth? And I go, well, mm-hmm. I know I can do it. I'll do, I'm going to do it. I'm not even irritated at them, but I'm bitter inside. Mm-hmm. How's my heart? That, that's one where I'm consistently trying to stay tuned in to how's my heart and do, am I doing this to prove myself to get something? I need affirmation or I need to not be found lacking or I feel like a putz to say no, but I, I do, I'm not into it at all. So just be honest. Um, yeah. And that's, that's hard. That's where this comes into me. Again, the perfectionism, what am I doing? What's the motive? What's the drive? Yeah. Yeah. I think about like, what, why did I just respond that way when that person asked me or what, why did I say it this way when I was talking about the thing that I did and I was really apparently focused a lot more on my performance. It's pretty clear what I was looking for there. <laughs> it wasn't my own personal harmony. It was like, I needed affirmation. I needed validation from someone else that I did something well yeah. or better. Or I just need it sometimes just for myself. Like I don't even need anybody else there. It's just like, okay, was that better than the last time? And I'm like, well, the thing I'm getting out of that isn't more harmony in my life necessarily. It's just the satisfaction, usually temporarily, that I did better than yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more shallow than what I like to give time to. <laughs> like, I want to, yeah, I want harmony and flow in my life and in my relationships. And this is another part that we've talked about. It's like, perfectionism and this, how does it serve? How does perfectionism serve my relationship? How does devotion or maybe unhealthy connection to, 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 uh, perfectionism, how does it serve the relationships in my life? Whatever they may be. Include. Yeah. And I'm thinking, including the relationship with self because right. we do Starting it there. there okay. So here I saw this, I saw this meme or whatever, a thing on online somewhere. And it said, how to fold a fitted sheet. Step one, stop giving a crap about folding fitted sheets. No (laughs) one cares. Step two, roll it into a ball and chuck it into a closet. Follow me for more life hacks. (laughs) I'm going to follow that guy. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's let's play with it though. Let's go back to, let's imagine that you, you know, you, you live alone. It's just you. What are you doing it for? And for me, I'm thinking, I am thinking, I, I, I literally, I, yeah, I hate folding fitted sheets. Actually, I hate folding clothes in general, but, and I don't do it that often. Once in a blue moon, I'll try to be a nice guy and actually fold stuff because it's just sitting there and the fold, the fitted sheets are just stupid. And I think that just chuck, it's not going to matter. It's going to go down on the bottom. It'll be stretched out. Who cares if it's, and yet if somebody's out there and they say, you know what? No, I really, can you, I, they really enjoy it. Maybe it's meditative to sit there and to do it perfectly and to set it in there. And they like open in the linen closet and it's nice. And they say, no, I do it for me. It's just peace. Great. We're coming back to the heart or are they doing it? Cause they're afraid that their mom will stop by once out of the year and look in and judge them for not having done it right. Well, that's a big one. That, that's something that I fell into before. And I, if you go into my house, you will find perfectly folded fitted sheets because that's, a lot of where I end up, <laughs> suffice it to say. But I also know, and this is, this is funny that you brought that up because I've I've said quite a few times that I, or asked myself rather, 
okay, Jared, you keep a immaculate house, right? Okay. What would happen? Would you still do that? If you thought there was no chance, you know, if I'm, I'm living in the apocalypse by myself and no one's going to come by, would you still do it? And I really had to think a lot about that. This has happened this year, actually. And because I thought, you know, why am I doing that fitted sheet thing like that? Why am I so much of a perfectionist about all this stuff? Is it serving me or am, am I actually doing that for a reason that I don't, that I'm not even aware of, right. you know, subconsciously that or consciously aware of, but that's happening in my subconscious. I don't have a full answer on that yet, but it's something I'm dancing with. And I'm thinking like what I've, I'm starting to ask myself all day long as I'm at my house, you know, cleaning or fixing or organizing, whatever I'm thinking what I have done that, that way or to that extent, if I knew no one else would ever see it, is that really for me or just to serve me? Or is it, because I'm seeking some validation outside of me from someone else that might drop by and see how perfect my house is. And that's happened in the past where, you know, a stranger had to drop something off at the house or whatever. My friend's mom, Clayton's mom, I just told you about the other day. Uh, she stopped in there and she notoriously took a video of the inside of my house. Cause she's like, I've never seen anything like the guy's out of town and his house looks like a museum. <laughs> um, and and I know that I thought about that and I was sort of proud of that. And then I thought, but don't let that be the reason you do all the things you do around the house after that. If it's for that validation, then that's not really serving me that way. That, then I'm just caught in a habit because I'm looking for validation from outside of me. I don't want to be in that habit at all. So then I'm thinking like, what if I pulled back on that? Like there was a day a while back, or it wasn't that far, at least, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And I don't remember what was going on. It was late. I had gotten in late or something. And I left a couple of dishes sitting out. <laughs> Dude, I never, ever, ever do that. When I go to bed, my house is immaculate. And it was the thing for me to do that. I thought, could you just do that, Jared? Could you not be perfectionist tonight and just let that ride and know that you're going to get up and you're going to make your mud water in the morning and you can just clean those two dishes <laughs> then? Yeah. It's not like I had some big mess. I didn't, but two dishes on the table left at night is a big deal for me or has been. So I'm working myself away from that sort of relationship with perfectionism because I don't feel that's really serving my values. I mean, and, and in some cases, maybe I could say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this tomorrow because it'll fit in my flow better tomorrow. It won't look good tonight, but I'll get 15 minutes more of sleep or something or whatever. It's like, well, that's more in line with my values than just making this look pristine for me to go to bed in case someone drops by in the middle of the night, which would never happen. So let's take, I just got to the point where I found that my perfectionism, the, the part that was really showing up doesn't serve anybody, not even me. And at that point, it's like, well, why, why don't I? And that, that's life? where I was going to go to look, cause take it to, I mean, I like that perspective. What would you do? And, and, you know, again, not that we can get rid of people. I mean, it's, you know, it's some things you do out of respect for other people and you do care what they think. Sure. And we're trying to balance that, but I, I it is a, I, an interesting place to start from. Again, what is your heart towards that? Because even if you're on your own, I still think I, I've had times of finding myself doing things and it wasn't even 
yeah, to, to impress somebody else or, or how I thought it would reflect. It was some things that I kind of imprisoned myself to that, that continues literally. That's an ongoing thing of finding myself imprisoned to even a good habit. Here are the good habits. Mm-hmm. Here, here are these things and they actually benefit me and then find myself I, I, imprisoned to them. Um, I, I had a friend one time, I have a friend, still a friend, but one time he said, as he was trying to get himself to exercise, he was pursuing some personal health and wellness stuff. And he said it really helped him when he gave himself permission to quit. Mm. Well, I didn't resonate with that. You may not either. That wasn't, yeah, that was, you know, you come to never quit. You do that thing. And you, once you do it, you never, you never stop, whatever. And he said, when I get, and I've thought about that to give myself permission, you know, to quit, what are the things that I am, I'm even like, I'm keeping score with myself. Nobody's yeah. going to know. Like you talked about, nobody will ever know. And yet I've got myself wrapped around something. That's just my own. It's like a should that I did to myself. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's, I don't. Yeah. Like that. I, I don't care. Why am I doing that? Where did I get this feeling here? I'll give you an example. You know, the guy don't remember his name. A lot of people here will, cause the book sold a zillion copies. It was like, make your bed. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a military guy, some famous guy that I should know. Everybody's gonna be surprised. I don't know him cause he sold a billion <laughs> books, but I, I never, well, probably because I was a bit irritated with it. Cause I, I'm just not into making beds. Um, but he did that. So somebody out there right now read the book and they're making the bed and maybe they find some validity, but somebody's doing it who does not care. Nobody's going to know. And yet they feel like to add up to something because it was held up as this thing that they should make their bed. So folks, I'm going to tell you, if I have the chance, I don't make my bed. So if that helps anybody, I just don't because I get out of it, leave the bedroom and nobody's going to see it again till I come in and go back to bed. Why the heck do I take two seconds? And I also have this little bit of a phobia of like, especially if I felt like I was sweaty, dude, I want that to air out. I don't want to capture that stuff. I want the sun on it. You know, now my wife likes the bed made. Uh, so there's a respect issue, you know, with, with that, but otherwise are you doing it? And sometimes I've thought about that guy, like, Oh, he would, you know, he would uh, disapprove of me, which is a lot of what our perfectionism. Well, that guy's not going to come to my house. And there's some other things that I do that I would attest to that I bet he does not do. I remember reading one time, it was one of the famous people like Lincoln or one of those big names in the past. And he would go out to eat with people. And if they put salt on their food before they tasted it. Oh, I remember dad telling us. He judged them as inferior. So I've always thought about that. Anytime that I have the thought of putting salt on food before I and I've, of course, then finally rebelled again. I thought, I'm going to put salt on my food if I, and I, I'm not looking for that guy to hire me. You know, again, I, I'm curious about the things we do when it's going to reflect on us to, to, to impress people. And even the stuff that we do that we get wrapped up around for ourselves. And we don't even know why it's like our own, sh- we've should it on ourselves. Yeah. I, I feel like this happens with goals a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that, and that can stretch into a lot of other territory as well. I, I think about my project, if you will, with the time that the first leg of, of me living in Rwanda <clears throat> and I'd been there, I guess I was there for almost five years. There's four and a half years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And for listeners here, probably know that any of you that have heard me that I have an, a, a son adopted son from Rwanda. And I, so when, when, when a 
younger person in Rwanda calls a, an older man mze. It means old man in the literal translation, but it's a respectful term for like old wise man or something. So, and I remember when I was cutting out of there and, and there, as you know, had been some significant turmoil, including jail time and all kinds of other stuff. And I finally closed down the organization. I reorganized. I got the, the women that were in the organization set up with some other gigs and we sorted it all out. But then, but in the end, it, you know, my son, Francois, I was looking at this. He said, Mze, like, I've never seen you quit hmm. ever. Like, I've, why are you quitting? And I said, I'm wise enough to quit. Hmm. That's why. Because I've seen that this doesn't serve me. Or in that case, actually, I don't know if I was wise enough at that point to say it doesn't serve me, but I knew it wasn't serving the women because of my political activism and association with what, it, with all the things that were going on. I was like, my presence here is a threat now, as where before it was a benefit. So I need to know when to quit, know when to quit. Um, and I think I'd, I'd frame that more accurately by saying, know when to stop when it's no longer serving you. Quit is a dirty word, <laughs> um, but I still don't like that idea. But I will say, okay, I'll stop if it's not serving me anymore. And in that particular instance, I knew that it was time to stop. I, I just I mean, heard Kenny Rogers. You got no, no hold them. No wind no. no hold them. Yeah. Yeah. No I mean, that, that's, away. When, that's when I, 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 it was time to fold them yeah. or run, <laughs> as Kenny would say. But that's where I got to. And, that moment when I did that with Francois, like I had to think through that or whatever, but I've thought about that a lot of times since. And it was like a teaching moment for me, even though it came from me, it's like I had an epiphany. There was a revelation in that moment of like, huh, I'm not actually, I'm not quitting. I'm, I know when I need to finish this up and move on uh, because it's no longer serving me. Maybe that's the, I, that's the thing. It's like, is it serving you? If I it, like that. It, I, I'm almost feeling the thread. Again, that's why I love these conversations of, because it's been a term that's come up to me of imprisoning myself. There's so many things. I like that you said that as well. Cause I I've said many times, especially in my past about some, you know, heavier stuff too. I was like, I've created my own prison as Creed would say. Um, I created my own prison and, and, and I, I built it. I made the walls. I made the lock. I made the key <laughs> through the key out. I did all the stuff. It's all on me. Nobody's doing that. Well, can we be candid and say, okay, so in the past, maybe you imprisoned yourself with alcohol. Oh yeah. Okay? So sure. I was about, and yet, would you also come over and say, and you've also imprisoned yourself with the perfect workout routine that you okay. got addicted in the past? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and so, and that, cause that's what I look or at physique or, or, or sure. my weight. Oh my God. When I was in heavy and kickboxing, I was like, can I just break 200 pounds? I'm not a big guy. <laughs> can, I, can I just break 200 pounds? And I got to 201 is the biggest I ever got, but I was proud of that. And I'd say 201, you know, when I'm talking, <laughs> like who cares? But that was a big thing for me at the time. And I was trapped in that prison. I, I, I was, you know, three, four hours a day working out and whatever. That wasn't health. That was prison. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's so interesting. Okay. I want to, I do want to hit another topic. I mean, his tagline or one of the things that Thomas talked about was, you know, embracing the power of good enough. Mm -hmm. Don't even like that term. I, I, I'll never forget that. Just that little line of words <laughs> that he said. Yeah. I, but, but I don't like it. I, I don't want to accept good enough. Well, that's just, 
It's also because I think we have, we have an association emotionally with perfectionism, with, per, with, sorry, with perfect, with all, all these things. We have an association with these things, a relationship with them. Yeah. We have, an, we have a relationship also with good enough. That sounds negative. That's a dirty word, a dirty term in our lazy cop out. Uh, lazy. Yeah. Good enough is lazy. Let's yeah. just go ahead and put it on the wall there. That's what it is. That's what we feel like. So, however, it's like if you if you extend the sentence, something I learned in grammar from my mother actually. <laughs> um, if you extend the sentence, you can say, "Good enough. This is good enough." to align with my values, or this is good enough to get me where I need to go or whatever. It starts to change it ever so slightly, but it's that enough part that's prickly for us, I mm -hmm. think. But I think what we're getting at and what Thomas is getting at even more so is to say this, I'm doing this in a way that serves my values. That sounds better to us than it's good enough. But I think the, the point is that when you go beyond what's actually serving your values, then you're getting into unhealth yeah. and you're getting into your own prison. Like you said, that's what walks you into the prison cell. Well, and at that point it's no longer serving you. Yeah, no, it's great. I love I serve, yeah, is it serving? I mean, we're back to drive. What is driving you? So I'm sitting here right. cleaning the house at what, gosh, this, I mean, this is going to come out. What we're right before Christmas is when this, this show is going to come out. Yeah. What a great time because how many people are doing things and gosh, I want to say this is compassion. This is not a, a, we're all struggling with it. What are the things that you are doing that are shoulds and expectations? And when you look at it, you're doing it. And what's the drive obligation, impressing somebody, right? Not looking like I'm going to come up short, trying to pretend like I got enough money to buy all these presents trying to get something for everybody. So they, nobody's disappointed. I don't want, and, it, and if you look at that, it's all about you. It's all about you and how you're perceived by others. Yeah. Is what you're tuned into at that point. I am, I'll call it blessed to some degree with such a big family. I just can't do everything. I just, it's just, it's just too much. And so you got to come down to it and look at it. And what I've realized after so many holidays is man at the end of the day, not that they're big on gifts and stuff at this point. At this point, they, you know, the gifts, it's kind of sweet and everybody's just happy to be done with it. And now Christmas is over. Can we just hang out now? Can we play some games, right. watch a movie, go for a hike and, and stuff? And they don't remember, they're going to remember so little, you know, so what's going to be sweet? What do you enjoy giving? Go ahead and do that. But it, it does put the impetus on what is driving you. And so many people are wrapped around a spoke right now doing things. It's not for them. It's to meet the expectations of others. And again, I must say that with a lot of compassion, because there can be a lot of weight behind that. If you don't do X, Y, Z, and you got these people coming to stay with you and you started off with a bad thing, you're going to know it's worth it to go ahead and fold the stupid right. sheets at my somebody's going to see so that, mm -hmm. you know, make the bed for them. So they feel, cause that's how they feel love. And, you know, so some of that stuff, you, you, but at least you know what's happening. So even if you go, I'm doing it because if I don't, Aunt Mabel's going to be pissed the whole time she's here. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Okay. We'll be honest about your drive and take a deep breath and decide that it's your decision. You're taking responsibility for it. You're doing that because it's worth it because otherwise you're going to deal with this unreasonable person and you don't want to. And, blah, 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 blah. you know, at least to try to find, well, come back to what you said at the beginning, you're trying to find some health in what we decide to do or not. 
Yeah, there is a performance there that's happening. If if I say, okay, well, this person cares, you know, about these particular details, and I want to really make them feel, you know, at home and peace, you know, when they're coming to visit or something like that. So I'm going to do things like that. That's a performance to some degree, but I don't look at that as a negative performance. It's just caring enough about what someone else thinks is important and saying, oh, sure, I can do that. It's, if it's not, especially if it's not compromising your situation or whatever, it's yeah. just like, oh, well, I like the sheets this way. So yeah. there's no skin off my back. I'll make the sheets that way. I don't care. Or I, sorry, I shouldn't say I don't care. You know that I'm not concerned. Yeah. Um, but wait, the, no, no, don't go past that. That's a good yeah. one. You and I talked about this again on the run or with where we are. Cause at some point, like with this, if you're looking at the shoulds and the expectations and the stuff trying to impress them, and now we want to back off and, almost rebel against that and say, well, I don't care. And I've right. realized as I try, I've, 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 there's been times like we were talking about attachment and I'm trying to say, okay, I don't care about that thing. Well, that's a lie. I know in my heart. I'll I know. I always want to go. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, care. I, I care. I am working really hard not to concern myself with that. I'm making right. this decision not to, con I'm going to make the decision not to concern myself and let that go. I do yeah. care for better or worse. So it's, I, it's a good, it's a great concerned. point. I, I interrupted you, but I thought that's worthy. No, it's okay. And I think it's part of it too. The other thing that I keep thinking about as we're talking, just in kind of looking for the threads, it seems that perfectionism is often very, very closely related or maybe to some degree empowered or driven by comparison Agreed. to my last time to the guy next to me, the cultural to standard. my yeah. friend that always does it better than I do. Well, to whatever today it's to the Instagram hearing. highlight reel. Or, or yeah. Perfect, which is even perfection better, yeah. literally. And it's been Photoshopped literally, and it's yeah. been whatever. Yeah. All the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, I wrote a blog about that years and years ago called freedom from comparison. I think I did a podcast on it too, on my, on my old podcast. And, uh, I thought about, how free my life becomes when I'm no longer comparing myself to anyone else or my past, yep. my past self, or even what I envisioned to be my best self, you know, all, all those things can get in there. And I think, man, that freedom from comparison is real power. That freedom from comparison is real power. I, I was looking for a book by, uh, we know her, uh, uh, you're used to, you used to be in connection with her, uh, Dave Ramsey's daughter, Rachel was Rachel, Ramsey, oh, Rachel, yeah. Rachel Cruz. I can't find it on my bookshelf. I don't know where it is. Cause her, she had a book. It's been a few years ago, keeping up with the Joneses and she's coming at it from a Dave Ramsey financial perspective and saying, Hey, one of the main reasons that we're all in debt or whatever is we're just trying to keep up with everybody. And we're buying stuff that we don't care about, literally don't care about which I'm not saying I haven't ever done either, but you're getting something and trying to look a certain way that you literally don't, but you're trying to impress, um, compare. That was the point comparison. And, and it's, yeah, the thing that facilitates it is the comparison. Yeah. So if I, you know, and, and I, man, I wrote that blog so, so long ago, but I think that the comparison it can come into so many different aspects. We often think of we, okay, so I can hear from that. Oh, it's not healthy necessarily or, or serving my values to compare myself to someone else. 
And that's generally too true. I think there are exceptions maybe, but um, I also have to remember to not compare myself again, like I said, to something I've done before. Like I'm just comparing last yesterday to today or whatever. And yeah. to, to be uh, e even sometimes where I think like where I should be and I have like this ideal perfect probably again, per perfectionism, perfect idea or ideal of, of who I should be and how I should be, how that run should have gone. And I'm comparing myself to that. God bless. I'm in the comparing box again. It's like, I did it again. I threw myself in there. Why do I keep doing that? So that was a big thing for me to tune into yeah. that. I still do all the time of, am I comparing myself to anything or anyone? doesn't matter who it is. If, if the answer is yes, then I need to check myself. And sometimes I get, I get, there are, you know, there's reasons in there to do that from time to time, but they're pretty rare. I found Well, I, most of the time it's unhealthy. I, I'm thinking back to the imprisoned thing. Cause I've done that with the physical performance stuff with my workouts or whatever, yeah. I'm wearing my watch and I'm wanting to do it. And I want every run, every ride to be a better time. And I'm disappointed. Why well, can't one, you can't do it forever. At some point I'm going to not be able to do that. What? I just thought of it. You said a better ride and I, and I keep coming back to the better than what or better for mm -hmm. what, to serve what purpose. If the purpose is physical health mm -hmm. improvement or improved physical health or improved mental state, or I can look at the run and say, did it do that? Do I feel happier and better? And actually I, I know that I won't, if I'm comparing myself to the thing, whatever. But if I just look at that and say, okay, did that run help me connect more to myself, more to nature, to God, to whatever it is? It's like, do I, do I feel more connected? Do I feel like I'm going to show up in my relationship with my brother or spouse or, or friend or whatever? If I'm going to show up in those relationships better because of this, because I just did that. Great. That's better. But yeah. better isn't one minute faster than yesterday. So again, I mean, and we're, we're making a point here. There, there's some, you know, context is important. If I'm training for a marathon and I'm trying to get to a certain thing, there's, there's a time when that can serve you. What we're talking about is when you get unhealthy with it. This is a, yeah, we're when talking about at, yeah, at a conceptual, said. well, okay. At a conceptual level, but yeah, here's Thomas's, one of his lines to move toward perfection is to alienate ourselves from ourselves or worse, to never find ourselves at all. Which brings us down to, of course, the theme that is, you know, it is, this is personal development, self-help, personal growth, whatever is know thyself, nothing better. So, you know, none of this is going to take root or we can't do anything with it unless we know ourselves. And in this case, yeah, I mean, it is It's right in line with my book. What drives you is figuring out what is driving this action activity, this pursuit of, perfection or whatnot. And yeah, and I like what you're saying. It's not, it's not a right or wrong judgment and it is contextual because in this moment with whatever you're doing and you're driving for perfection, it may be beautiful. Only you can tell us uh, in, in this case, is it a beautiful, glorious performance? We need like a, a big P performance or something like that, you know, or are mm -hmm. you performing slash acting for yeah. an unhealthy reason? is at the, yeah, at the end of it. 
it feels. Yeah, I mean, you said it a second ago, but it really does come down to the <laughs> the same thing we always come to is like, what's driving you mm -hmm. in this moment, in this perfectionism or, you know, and, and I, you know, we hadn't said this yet, but that kind of, that gets us into the enoughness discussion, you know, Which, do I feel like I'm enough. I was just going what? there, self-worth. Self-worth. Am yeah. I doing this? Okay. And I'm back to his thing. Obviously it stuck out, stuck out to me. It's not the, it wasn't the title of the book, but am I proving or am I, am, am I improving? Um, mm -hmm. And even there, I, I almost want to add a third one to it. Maybe in neither, you know, just, I don't know, man, I'm just being, I'm just enjoying. That's what I was going to say. Just being that, which we say a lot in our family. It's like, can it, I, was I being in a way in that moment? that served me again, I think I have to keep coming back to the, is that serving the greater value system here in each moment? <clears throat> and that's really how we determine the health of it. Like if you're doing a certain thing because you're training for a marathon, great. Yeah. If you're doing a certain thing because you want more joy in your day or better physical fitness overall or whatever, you know, that can be a very different kind of relationship. Maybe it's not healthy to check your time every time. Maybe it's just healthy to check how you feel every time. <clears throat> the other thing is, you know, like what, what Patrick saying back to smell the roses and whatever, it's like, again, I, I come back to that and say, well, who really benefited the most out of that? He was smelling the roses and you were in the hospital. <laughs> and yet I didn't think about it being that dramatically different, but that's what did that's happen. Yeah. You, know, you just took it exactly where I wanted to, because you said a couple of times, you know, am I, you didn't say serving myself, but am I, you know, is it how it is self-focused, but if I am being authentic and healthy to myself, that's what benefits everybody else. If I'm not, if I'm sitting there doing this thing and I can even say, just try, I've, I've done plenty of serving someone else in bitterness. And, and not mm. always to, even towards them. It just, I just didn't want to be doing it. I'm not my, it's heart. called martyrdom. Yeah. It comes okay. with the, also in our family. <laughs> you're, you're out in the family, man. Um, if I'm not, Hey, we're all, we're doing the work. I know, we're doing the work. That's why we're here. Uh, that I'm not serving them. I mean, they would rather have my, my heart in a good place than right. to have me doing that thing. And how often, is that the thing? So yeah, if we're serving ourselves well here, that by proxy is what we are then giving, you know, go into the energy of it. If I'm having a good energy here, that's what I'm giving off. If I'm not, if I'm sitting here doing this thing out of bitterness and again, obligation, I think is such a big one or, uh, yeah, performing in an acting way to impress. It's not helping anybody. Yeah. Performing to impress. I think it's yeah. the impress, you know, to get something, to get, and maybe to, in even to lighten it a little bit, there just is a validation of some kind. Like I'm doing this. Does everybody see it? Does everybody feel like that was a good thing to do? Should I have done that? <laughs> That's what we're kind of asking. Well, I, let me bring back. I think I said this in the show with Thomas, but I took it. I was, I was studying the book and I took it out. I kind of paraphrased and it was on the idea of how we have made perfectionism kind of this badge of honor. Oh yeah. I suffer from perfectionism. You know, that was, remember he said that was like the number, oh, yeah. the number one thing of resumes. So what's your weakness? Well, I suffer from perfectionism. Oh, oh, cute. cute. How nice of you to say that. I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid I've done that. And so, okay. So in response to that from his book, I, I got the feeling of, oh, so you're a perfectionist, meaning you worry greatly about what others think about you and, and, or you think you're better than everyone else. Either way, that's not a good thing. 
So let's take. That I think that sums it up. What he said there is, uh, you, you worry, you know, greatly about what other people think about you. I'm like, oh, that stinks. I, that's why I wrote it down because I'm thinking, okay, here I am with my ego, and that yet my my life and me looking back belies a lot of that of doing stuff because I want again back to the you said it a couple of times approval and affirmation and acceptance and all those A's validation validation yep. uh, that we want from other people. And yet if I look at my kids or, or my relationship, if I look at you, I don't want you toiling away in bitterness. I want you to be happy, Jared, and at right. peace, Jared. So if you're doing that thing, even if it's for me and it's out of uh, you know, and you're not doing it out of joy, then don't. And man, I've done that. Yeah. Oh, I know me too. And I think about like the times when I tune into something, it's like, Oh, you're doing that out of this sacrificial energy for me. Oh my God. I don't want that. Yeah. That's, that's not at all what we're looking for. Yeah. If, if you can find joy in it, wonderful. But if it's sacrificial, you know, that's a, if it feels that that's, that's different. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk about, uh, we, 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 we have a society that wants to be moving forward progress. We talk about progress a lot. And I think it, uh, Thomas was talking about that too. And one of the things that I pulled from it, from the podcast, he was talking about um, how progress is typically happening because enough people are saying this is good enough to move to the next step. It's good enough to get us to the next step. And that's where progress is. You're starting to get momentum at that point. Meanwhile, the perfectionist is over here trying to get it perfect. And I'm like, you just missed the train, man. That's already done. Like you're not even going to be there when all the things happen that you're working towards. It's going to happen with someone else while you're perfecting back here. And I think about how much of our mind is connected to, to the feeling like I want people to see me progressing. I want people to think that I'm better this year than I was last year. There's progress happening here. And we have this constant associate or need to feel like we're progressing, yeah. which again is associated with what other people think about us. It's still another performance. Progress is performance often, I think, or the, 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 that persona of saying, like, I, I want people to see that I'm yeah. progressing, that, that I've made progress. I'm, I have, you know, a few inches less around my waist than I did last year. That's progress or whatever it is. I read more books. That's progress. I don't. So I think we, again, we have all these associations culturally around the terms good enough or perfect or whatever. And yeah, we have this new cute thing where we say, Oh, I suffer from a bit of the old perfectionism. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> you got me thinking back to what is the goal? What is the goal? And again, yeah, even thinking, but, yeah. even thinking right now, I did a, I think it was a couple of days ago, we had a, you know, I did a kind of a Christmas edition and relationally, as we look at our times together, generally with family, friends, whatever people we care about, are we there? It's a great time to look at it. Are we there to impress or are we there to connect and what's going to be remembered? Mm -hmm. Um, what will foster? What's the goal? For some reason, when you're what's talking, going to be most meaningful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And knowing what the goal is, and there may be somebody there that's going, well, I, you know, I'm actually going to my new fiance's house, and I want to connect with them, but I'm probably going to benefit by, you know, a little, you know, letting them see that I'm fairly adept at whatever. I, I get that there is humanity yeah, out there. So yeah. yeah. So what's the goal? At least be honest about it and get there. I was thinking about for some reason, like if you're, if you're, you, you know 
running along and there's a bunch of, of river crossings, let's say canals that you can't just go through and you got to get over them. You got to create a bridge. What is the goal to make beautiful, sustainable bridges? And if it is, then you know what the goal is, or is it to get from point A to point B as fast as you can? Well, then it's throw a log and anything over it that'll help you jump, skip, whatever over it. What's the goal? That's wonderful because it, it is, it, it, it has to do with the environment, the context of the situation. Context matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, and that calls us to complexity, which we don't as humans typically welcome. Yeah, we um, want there's complexity. Yeah. Well, and we want stability and predictability. That's a big That's one. That's good. We want all that stuff. I'm like, well, this has some variables attached to it. You know, as a strategist, you hear me say this all the time. Well, if there's a variable. I want to remove it. Yeah. <laughs> I want a straight line on this system. You can't have that with everything in life. And this is one of those things where you have to say, this is a great analogy that you said. You like, if you, if you need the bridges or whatever, if the goal is to have beautiful ornate you know japanese style you know I, I think about these little bridges over the little creeks and things like that that my kids and i love looking at that kind of architecture yeah. if that's the goal then that is the goal and that's close to perfectionism if you've looked at <laughs> japanese art and, and architecture and things like that and that's the whole point is to say look what we're capable of doing here yeah. this is amazing and it's for the art but if the purpose is just to say, hey, hey, can I get, how can I get through that area of, of rivers most quickly, lay down a log or put some you know, rocks down or whatever, and that is what we would say good enough. But I think in that sense, that's perfect for that situation. You know, it's what was needed. Yeah. Maybe that's what we're getting to. Instead of perfection, of saying what's needed, well, that gets back to my therapy talk with my therapist what's wanted and needed in this moment. That's a statement. Right. I thought you were going to go to, you said a minute ago, just what's, what's the highest value here? Uh, Same way. Yeah. It ultimately. Yeah. You know, let's, uh, let's anchor on, let's bring back though. You said perf that you were talking about like the Japanese, you know, bridges art, whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is not, I, there's a, there's a great joy and beauty and, in mastery, let's call it perfection and having something that you master. I've talked to my kids about that, that man, you, you look at today's day and age of specialization and there's a lot to be said about having, about mastering something or having mastery in something. Uh, and I do uphold that. I want to have mastery. I don't, I don't want, we're not, we're not sitting here doing, hey, you know, let's just do a podcast. It's good enough. No, this is, this is kind right. of what we do. So let's, let's have mastery here. So I want to still uphold that. But even there, I was thinking earlier when you said something that, man, if I'm trying to master everything, if I'm trying to have perfection everywhere. I, it's just, there's not enough, there's not enough time in the day that I'm going to let some things be you know, good enough uh, for my values and to give me the space to have mastery in something. Most people you consider to be a master of a particular domain or whatever is of that particular domain. Yeah. Not all of them. <laughs> like really good at this one thing. Like that guy can make a sword like nobody else, but man, they can't make eggs yeah, or whatever. Can't balance like, can't, his can't or whatever. Yeah. Can't balance his yeah. Any of that kind of stuff. But you say, okay, well, great. I don't need that guy to do that. I need him to make great sword yeah. because that's why I went to him for. So that 
place. There's a lot of con- con- context that's important here. And then just using wisdom in the moment to have the, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds kind of weird now, but just say, to, to, why don't you just make a wise decision about it in the moment, according to the context, rather than always saying, I've got to go to the next thing. I've got to do this thing. I've got to do this thing. Yeah. It's got to look this way. It's got to be this good to be enough or whatever. Again, I, we, we're kind of coming back to a theme here of that continual check-in with, is this serving the greater good? Is this serving my higher purpose? Is this in tune, aligned? We talked a lot about that recently, but just, well, in in Thomas Hubel's book that you just did, Attuned, um, you know, he talks about it being attuned to the moment, to what's needed, what's wanted, what's uh, to the relationships and and finding attunement and and harmony there. There's a a lot of, you know, we've had these discussions over the years about, you know, find balance in your life. I say, well, I get that. But what I really want is harmony. I just want things to flow like this. And I think like again, kind of going back again to the mountain bike thing with you and, and Patrick, Patrick, felt, it feels like in that moment, he was saying, this feels like the right flow for me right now. Yeah. This feels like harmony in my life. It's aligned with my values of getting a better, and I think that the better view I'm getting right now and the peace that I'm in this moment is going to bring me more of what I need. So you know, if it was a race you know, in that moment or whatever, you could say, well, arguably at that point, Patrick won. He didn't get to the finish line quicker, mm. but he got there in the way that he needed to. Again, I don't that's, want to compare, <laughs> but no, it's, that's what was going to serve him for the day. So he got what he went there for. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, I need this therapy continually. Well, that's why I, I do too. I know. That's <laughs> why I want to me. talk to you about. It. I know we're kindred spirits in this with some similar experiences. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, thanks, brother, and folks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to. This show, What Drives You, where we do help to help you master your inner drive so you can live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life. We want you to drive further and enjoy the ride. And again, thanks to Thomas Kerr and his book again that we're pulling from this. The catalyst is the perfection trap, embracing the power of good enough. Uh, and if you appreciate the podcast, please let us know. You can rate it on Spotify. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And it's great when you let us know about a specific episode uh, as well, like this one, what you got out of it. You can watch this show and all the shows on YouTube. And you can find us on social media with all the clips. Just look for kevinmiller.co. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You, on Amazon. And until next time, stay driven. Yeah.